Hello, church. This is Ben Shaw, the Director of Modern Worship and Media, and welcome to the FUMC Borough Podcast. This week, Reverend Zach Fisher brings us a sermon entitled, The Baby Will Be Here Soon, during our fourth week in Advent. He will be preaching from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. We appreciate you joining us here on the podcast. We would also love for you to join us this coming Sunday at 8.30 a.m. for Modern Worship or 10.30 a.m. for Traditional Worship. Both of those services are offered virtually via our website, Facebook, and YouTube, or in person. Head on over to fumcm.org for more information about our safety protocols if you choose to join us in person. We are so glad that you have chosen to be in ministry here with us at First United Methodist Church of Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And we pray that we can all live into our mission of growing disciples of Jesus Christ who know Him, love Him, and serve Him for the transformation of Murfreesboro and the world. Our scripture reading for today comes from the first chapter of the Gospel of Luke, verses 26 through 38. Hear these words today. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came to her and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And and now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor, David, He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. And now, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month of her who was said to be barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. This is the word of God for the people of God. Amen. Our scripture today answers for us a question that seems to pop up like clockwork at this time of year. We may have heard it while we're driving along in our cars and maybe even sang along to it. It's that question of Mary, did you know? I smile a little bit to myself as I hear that song on the radio and I think, yeah, of course she knew. We we know that because we read it right here in the first chapter of Luke. The angel Gabriel appears to Mary and literally tells her everything. He says, you're going to conceive and bear the Son of God by the Holy Spirit. This child will claim the throne of David and establish God's everlasting kingdom that he's going to reign over forever. Gabriel even gives Mary the name of Jesus and says, this is what you're going to name your child. 
So yeah, she knew. <laughs> and I, I'm not trying to uh, break bad on that song. It, it's a great song. And I, and I actually like it because it reminds us of that annunciation of Jesus. I just can't imagine that the Gaither vocal band forgot about the story when they were writing the song. Uh, I don't think they did because I don't know how you could forget it. This annunciation of Jesus to Mary is the first time that we or anybody hears that good news shared about Jesus. It's the first time that we really get to see who Jesus is. And it's a beautiful story because it captures this a sense that Jesus is coming into the world as the child of God, and that means something. We are all children, of course, in our own right. We're all here and represent this union between two separate things that got mixed up together and made us. For us, that's our parents. Um, but Jesus also represents uh, a union that made a child, but not just any child, not just a child of God, but the child of God. Jesus represents this perfect union between God and humanity that's found within him. For us who are baptized, Jesus shows us that we're not just here because of this union of relationship of our parents, but we're here because of a union of relationship that happened in Jesus, between God and all of humanity, it goes beyond divisions and labels of this world. And I think that's something that we need to remember now more than ever. It seems that our country now more than ever is divided by racial, political, and economic divisions. And it's important for us to remember and celebrate at this time of year that birth of Jesus Christ. In Ephesians chapter 2, Paul writes about how Christ is this uniting force in our lives. He has this to say, He is our peace. In His flesh, He has made Jews and Gentiles into one and has broken down the dividing wall that is the hostility between us. He has abolished the law with its commandments and ordinances that He might create in Himself one new humanity in place of the two thus making peace and might reconcile both groups to God in one body through the cross, thus putting to death that hostility through it. I love that from Paul. It shows this uniting act that Jesus does on the cross. And as much as we know Jesus did on the cross, Jesus' uniting work is not only summed up in his death, but it's also found in the birth of Jesus and that's why I want us to explore a little more today as we hear the story of the angel coming to Mary. Jesus unites much more than just Jew and Gentile people to other people, ourselves to our neighbors, but Jesus represents through his birth, through his incarnation, the uniting of God and all humanity. Mary knew it, John the Baptist leapt for joy in Elizabeth's womb because of it, and we now get to join into it in our own lives more than 2,000 years later. It is good news. And as we come to the end of this year, uh, I can feel that longing in my own heart. I, I think maybe you can feel it in your own heart, that longing for the joy that Christ is said to bring into the world at Christmas.
It's been a tough year. And this Advent, I feel the weight of Paul's words more than ever, not only in Ephesians, but also in Romans chapter 8, when Paul writes this. Paul says, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory about to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the children of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not out of its own will, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and will obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly while we wait for the adoption, the redemption of our bodies. For in hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what is seen? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. And so this Advent, we groan. Those with the spirit of adoption, alive in the spirit of God, we feel the brokenness of a divide. We know all too well the struggle to commune with a God who will often feel to us to be out of reach, that we just can't break through with it. And we experience that as well in our relationships with other people. We, the people of God, know this. We feel the struggle and the pain for oneness in our personal relationships between husband and wife, parent and child. We groan because we long to truly experience life together. We want to laugh, to cry, uh, to dream, and to build the kingdom of God together. But it seems the brokenness of our lives often gets in the way. Paul says that our groans are like the groans of a, a pregnant woman whose groans are not all bad. Yes, there's pain in them, but there's also signs of life. There's signs of Christ within us. Our groans show a spirit of God within us, which is longing to get out, longing for freedom. I wonder if you are experiencing those same groans, those same labor pains this Advent season. Being God's people means being filled with hope and deep longing for the coming of Christ into the world. That Christ child who has brought that union of God and humanity to be fully realized in the world. We who have the first fruits, we groan inwardly at this time of year because we know that there will be a day when God will make a home among mortals and will dwell with us. We will be God's people and every tear will be wiped away and death and pain will be no more. We know that promise and so we, we groan. Vincent Parker, a pastor of Golden Gate Missionary Baptist Church in Dallas, Texas, had this analogy. He said, we've licked the spoon. Now, some of you might know where I'm going with this, just hearing that. But 
He says, as Christians, at this Advent waiting for Christmas, we, we feel like people have licked the spoon. We probably have had family or maybe ourselves have made some baked goods this season. It is the season for it. And as we've poured our batter and scraped our batter into our pans and put it in the oven, maybe we've then licked the spoon, uh, gotten that first taste of joy of the, of the batter. And when the, tra- the time draws near, when we can smell that sweet scent uh, of what's in the oven coming, wafting out at us, and we have that anticipation growing and growing as we get nearer and nearer to the time. Because we've had that foretaste of glory divine, we've, we've tasted that little bit of batter off the spoon, we know what's coming. And it makes us all the more eager for it. As I look back at our scripture for today, which ends in Mary being told about her cousin Elizabeth, we know that that story is followed by her visit to Elizabeth. And that at the sight of her cousin, Mary breaks into song. Drew shared with us Mary's song last week. I wonder if she broke into song because at that moment, she finally got her foretaste. I I wonder if seeing her cousin there, standing in front of her, pregnant with hope, was maybe for her a sign that she could trust all that God had promised to her and for her child. I hope that you have found your own hope this Advent season to truly know that Jesus is bringing unity into the world through Jesus, who was born into the world for us to fully realize that union, perfect union of God and humanity through Christ Jesus. May we have ears to hear and eyes to see the world pregnant with hope. Amen.